news. And so when she tells me that news. story, I don't remember being scared. And the reason I don't remember being scared is because I don't remember looking up at fireworks. I've been thinking about memory a lot and how how at it. Um, I know that it's very easy to kind of. Um, trick your memory into believing things that you know happened that didn't happen and stuff like that so i thought it was very interesting welcome to across the aisles today we're going to be talking about memory um we also have a guest um uh, uh guest 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 <laughs> And um, we were talking about like, like talking more about it because I actually did just remember this. How will we be able to remember these times? Like, what will that look like? Welcome to Across the Aisle. There are a lot of podcasts meant to give you a story, to give you expert advice, or to deliver your political ideology in an easily digestible digital pill. Our aim is slightly different a podcast born out of the pleasure of conversation. We are three friends living on a slowly sinking peninsula, drinking kava, and inviting you to join in on our musings. We try to go with the conversation more than construct the conversation. Our conversations cover current events, technology, politics, art, entertainment, and much more, as points used to expand on our larger theme each week. Sometimes we reach the heights of Socratic dialogue, or we are just talking shit, and of course we repeat ourselves, usually the latter. My name is Adam. My name is Zach. And I'm Casey. This is Across the Aisle. Sometimes we crowd it, sometimes we cross it. How much can we trust our memory? What actually is memory? How does it work? And you know, what do you guys think about it? What do you think memory is? Memory, a series of patterns that your brain basically stores and recognizes. Patterns being um, the patterns of your neurons firing. You make memories not like a file system, like is often portrayed or maybe used to be thought of, but you store memories all over your brain in different sections, and they can be triggered more by feelings or associations. And I think that's, you know, that's um, the realization that memories are more complex for that makes a lot of sense when talking about how your memory's tricked, how you can't remember things, how uh, how easy it is to be fooled both from visual perception and from recalling something. So the um, different dictionary definition of memory is the faculty by which the mind stores and remembers information. It has always struck me as really, really strange how easy it is for us to misremember things. Um, there are things from my youth, like my brother and I will distinctly remember the same event in completely different ways. Even like down to like details of that event. Not just like, you know, oh, how did I feel versus how you felt, but details of a memory happening. Like, you know, like both, something that somebody said. Or yeah, something like, like it's just like, oh, you know, I was wearing blue shoes. Like, no, I was wearing red shoes. Like, just weird little things. And I'm just like, so who's right? There's no way to really know. And we rely on our memory for so many things but it's really not a very accurate like you know tool mm -hmm. in most cases i hear you especially with the sibling thing because i have a story where my sister swore that i ripped my shirt off in front of paul colgan and i don't think i did that 
but she was older than me, so I just like took her word for it. But you don't remember it. I don't remember it. How much older? I do is remember she? like meeting Hulk meeting Hulk Hogan. <laughs> But she remembers me ripping my shirt off in front of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I feel Mr. like... Mr. Hogan, Mr. Hogan, look at this. <laughs> and I'm like, like that might that. be something that I would have done because... What if you still would do that. I still would. I would. Zach, do you have... I love your taste. Any memories that someone else has told you that didn't happen? Ironically, or not that, that I can remember. Don't. <laughs> right now. It's usually... Unless they've gone through it a bunch of times, it's well, hard to a, recognize that. I also have a different idea of what memory is. Like, I don't think of it as, like, a system of, like, patterns or anything. It's just a code word system. It's, like, every time I try to remember something, or, like, anybody I know, if you're actively trying to remember something, it's really difficult. But if you're just talking in a natural sense, and then someone will say a word or a phrase that your mind associates with a memory or a thing that happened, and then all of a sudden, oh, I can remember that. Yes, that's because... That neuron is triggered and the associated memory that that neuron is involved in is brought up. And there's also, that can kind of be involved in different ones. And that's why memories can kind of shift around a little bit. Um, It's like, I couldn't recall every book I've ever read, but if you listed books, I could certainly tell you if I read something or not. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Um, well, because like, yeah, because like you're saying, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, to Trigger. me it's more like a cipher. It's like you just kind of go with it. Like there's no point in like actively trying to remember everything you can possibly remember. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever sat down and tried to like go through your life story, it's not fun. Like you, you're like, like all right, yeah. So then you know I had this teacher for second. No, that was that was second grade. That was second grade. I had that teacher. All right, and I like, fuck, I forgot about that. Like I don't remember a lot of those small details. Um, my wife Elizabeth can remember lots of little details. Like I remember lots names. of little details. Yeah, and I that could also be the difference between the female brain and the male brain and how we associate things differently because i think females associate things differently they they they're more hardcore on emotion on like the emotional aspect of connecting with people um at least that's what i found but yeah like, I, I remember most of my teachers names in yeah and i don't this. remember a lot of teachers names but i remember some like various friends um or like really my association with friends not the friends themselves but like oh this year I was kind of popular oh this year I was a total loser Mm -hmm. Um, things like that or uh, bigger life events like oh I moved I moved a lot when I was a kid so I I can I I think of places and times kind of like sectioned off together yeah also if like a lot of like say if you break your memory down into years which a lot of people do um some years you meet a lot more people like I know within the last four years I've met a lot more people um so like I went to a wedding and there was a guy there and really good friend of my best friend that I was in her wedding and I went up to him and I'm like I know your face from somewhere he's like are you kidding me (laughs) he's like we hung out in college like we actually had like deep conversations and hung out in college and I totally spaced on his name on how I knew him on like everything I do that all the time but the thing is relationships Remembering relationships and people are different because you can only remember 200 of them in a meaningful way. For real? I didn't know that. Like, you only have, like, two, like, quote-unquote, 200 friends, really. Because after you get to the, like, 201st person, 
you they all become mean- followers. <laughs> not, not, even, not even that. <laughs> you you meaningfully forget something about like you might forget someone's birthday in order to make room for this person's birthday because you like only keep an active Gladwell thing. I feel like I've read in a Gladwell book or listened to a Gladwell um like podcast where that that, that two hundred number seems familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I remember that. I'm not sure how accurate yeah, that is, but I feel like I've heard that somewhere. I've heard um, that. I from feel like, do you feel like you yeah. like remember? remember? <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, so when it comes to relationships, that's different. Because you probably, if you were to, like, sit there and, like, say hi, you'd probably, within, like, a couple, 20 minutes, without mentioning, like, I don't remember you, mm-hmm. he might have said something or done something, and then all of a sudden, your brain... I'd be like, oh! Oh, yeah, and then, then like, that relationship then comes to it the It was forefront. too late for me at that point, dog. I was looking yeah. at him, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, it was written all over my face that I don't know who you are. <laughs> I think that's the difference. Like, a lot of people are just like, oh, I'm not really good with faces, or oh, I'm much better with names. And it's more so just like whatever triggers that, like, 200 number. And it could also be like your personality. Like, some people are more, like, reserved and stuff like that. And so they remember certain people because I'm, I've been a pretty bold personality throughout my life. Toot toot. <laughs> because I've been a pretty bold personality throughout my life, a lot more people remember me. And it's like, I, it, and there's so many times when, especially if I'm like talking about people from like high school or something like that, they'll be like, oh yeah, I remember that you were in this, that, and the other thing. And like, I'm like, I do not remember you at all. Like I've had people add me on Facebook that full, fully have memories of me. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that, but I don't remember you being there. Like, I don't know. Yeah, they're just a blank. Yeah, spot. they're the blank. I've had that too, mm-hmm. where... I see a picture of someone, I'm like, I remember that night, and who is this person? Yeah, I've exactly. never seen them, but there I am touching them. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, I don't think I've really had that. No? I think I remember, like, you need to get out and meet more people. Yeah. I'll, another thing, too, is, like, you're, that's where your age speaks on it. Because, like, once you become oh, older, yeah. you're, like, you're, your brain has to make space for new people. And new and new memories and like new events in your life that you're gonna remember a lot more clearly than you would like I say I can probably say you remember ninth or tenth grade yeah vividly yeah yeah I don't I like because I mean that was also a very traumatic time for me so like I'll probably remember that for a long time yeah I'm sure and I'm sure but like high school was ten years ago for me. Like, so imagine 10 years ago for you. Do you remember everything that happened 10 years ago? I remember as, viv- as vividly as you Not can. Not as much, yeah. Four years. Keeps, yeah. yeah, exactly. It keeps you, on. So, it's yeah, like a, it's like a, it's dumping for more information. Like, yeah. your brain is dumping information for more information. So, make up space. Kaysen, did you specifically, when we were talking about this uh, before the show, sit, we're talking about the unreliability of your own memory. How. Um, do you have anything else to say about that? Like, do you have, you were telling me some stuff. Yeah, uh, specifically I was talking about, like, um, I have a tendency to be fairly good at finding things, um, and the reason that I believe that that is, is that I don't rely on, I know I put it here. I don't ever rely on that. And I think that, like, if I'm helping someone else look for something, and they're like, I know I put it in this area. I can start from there, but I then start branching out into, where could it possibly have been? Mm-hmm. Where did you go? Did you put... Like, because I know that with me, 
I can distinctly remember putting things in certain areas, but it's usually not where I remember putting it. It's yeah. usually like somewhere within the path of like, you know, I was doing this and I put my phone on this shelf, which I never the last do. place you look. <laughs> but right. that's the thing, though, is I think that people have a tendency to rely too much on this. I distinctly remember this. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, do you? Yeah. Because it's so, really not a very accurate right. use. Yeah. Like, one of the... the, the uh, the big thing is, like, for example, eyewitness testimony is the most unreliable thing yeah. you can use to convict someone, yet it is the thing that is most used to convict someone. Mm-hmm. Right, because someone saw it, man. They yeah. saw it. <laughs> and, and that's the thing well, that's that, like, really, really strange, is that how accurate is that? Mm-hmm. And people have a tendency to be very um, confident in their own abilities. And in most cases, you're probably not as good at something as you think you are. So that even goes to memory. Mm. So sometimes I think maybe I'm good at this. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should reevaluate that a little bit and dial it back. Yeah. Because usually what you find is that even if you are proven wrong, in a lot of cases, that doesn't blunt your belief that you're good. Mm. And I don't know why that is. And the same thing that works for me that works for everybody else is that there's probably some things that I think I'm really good at that has been proven that I'm not very good at those things. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, my brain doesn't pick up on, hey, you might not be as good as, as good at that thing as you think you are. Yeah. But I just still kind of go along about You're my always life. trying to fix the lights. <laughs> <laughs> Keep electrocuting yourself. Um, yeah, so I think that really... That says a lot. Um, I was thinking about that and thinking about how when you try to recall stuff, you know, studies have shown when people are asked to recall the same event years apart, they keep recalling it differently, Um, especially the more details that are in an event. They start filling in ideas. Um, The the dress or the shoes change colors or styles or sometimes even bigger things like the it's raining or it's not raining, you know. Mm And thinking of that, how it changes so much and how we know so little about that and how what you're saying is your ability to doubt yourself, to doubt the, uh, the world that is in your head that you live in is helpful to you because it allows you to adapt to the outside world as it really is. Um, At least I try to. I'm not like, I, right, I'm right. not great at it, but like, because when you're in it, it's very hard to look back and be like, oh, I might be wrong on this. But after it's happened, I'm like, oh, so, maybe I should have done this differently. Yeah. <laughs> Let me, wait, I got, I got a different way of approaching this, I think. I was the type of kid, and I still am to this day, although I've been trying to work on it, <clears throat> I get irritated when... I remember something differently than someone else Um, because and I realize like in the last year that it's a deep thing where it's like no you're telling me reality is wrong because in my head that happened I Mm. did leave that there you know leaving stuff or losing thing doesn't really bother me but as an example no I know I left my car keys right here how could they be gone you're telling me the world is different than what it is because percep- that's the world in my head. Your yeah. perception, perception is your reality. You know? See, there's a couple yeah. different like steps of memory. So, for example, um, you have encoding, which is basically how you process that information. It's like visual, auditory. Um, that then there's storage, and then there's retrieval. So there's like what 
I'm more interested in the retrieval process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is, how do you get that information back out? How accurate is it when you pull it back out? Like how you, because the way that you remember things is how you relate it to other things. Right. Mm -hmm. And how you retrieve that information is based on also how you relate it to other things. And every time you're remembering it, you're also associating it with the time you remembered it too. Yeah. So it's just very like it's like a, a thing some people think is like the reason some small things will change is like around your reality. Mm. Like where you are like present. How you, like where you are <laughs> presently. Right, of course. How yeah. you yeah, your how you feel at the moment can greatly affect yeah. how you remember something. Uh, and sometimes it will be like something in the room could influence you to change the color of the shoes you were wearing from red to blue or blue to green or whatever it is. From whatever it, it accurately is. Mm. But, I mean, that's all in the past, so it's not actually real. So, no, 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 I, I, I totally agree with you there. Nothing from five seconds ago happened. In a way, okay, they're Neo. But, <laughs> also, but also, in case in example, the exact matrix. opposite is what leads to something helpful. The opposite would be like, no, the past did happen. Something happened. I don't remember it. Is allows you to look for a greater... Um, greater set of possibilities and you're more likely to run into the real thing wherever it is instead um, of being like st- stubbornly set, set in on. that that's what happened yeah and set yeah. in your perception or mm-hmm. yeah because that that's that's gonna lock you into everything <laughs> yeah. and that's that's a big problem like one of the big things that like started me thinking on this like memory uh this me- memory path was that i was um watching this um video on uh the on like how interrogations and the way that they ask a question can lead you to an answer mm-hmm. and so they're like oh so you know this so you saw this uh, you know guy wearing a hoodie mm-hmm. and if there was no guy wearing a hoodie and basically that's giving you the answer and they'll essentially. Say yes, like oh yeah. yeah yeah that guy with the hoodie and it's like there mm-hmm. was no guy with a hoodie so the way that you ask a question can provide an answer to the person that you're basically kind of push in one direction or not and it might not be it might not be like intentional i would like to hope that it's not intentional but it happens all the time um there's experiments that were done where you have like someone asking have some information about the past and then they'll fill in some extra information and you will actually implant that information into your memory i think zach was talking about um last week about the the red bike yeah yeah there was I forget exactly what his name is, but he's, I believe, a mentalist who essentially just, like, like fuck with people's memories. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what he does. And that's really, like, all mentalist tricks, where it's like, if you've ever seen somebody, like, throw a deck of cards into the air and then memorize the one that everyone called out, like, they're really not memorizing the one that they called out. They're just tricking you into thinking that that's what happened. They had a predetermined... <clears throat> they're tricking into th- yeah. you to thinking think- that you yeah. picked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they picked it, they of just course. put it into your brain and made you think that you picked it. Yeah. Um, but just through directing Simon Pegg, very famous dude who's fought zombies and been a cop, beautiful <laughs> man, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that he wanted a red bike for his, like, five-year-old Christmas. And like sat down with him and like talked with him for about an hour and a half and then essentially got this memory of this red bike out of his head that never existed like Mm. this mentalist talked to his mom and asked him what did he want for this christmas what did he mention and asked a bunch of other people from his family asked 
like him way before in like a passive way of just like like hey you ever wanted this for Christmas and you're like no not really and then it slowly implanted him with the memory of him wanting this red bike for Christmas and then happened to like walk into a different hotel room and be like I got you that bike and then Simon Pegg has a, an emotional reaction of like wow I've wanted this this is so awesome and then the mentalist is like, you didn't want this at all. I totally put this in your head. Here's exactly what I did it. And it was just like leading questions, bringing up details that didn't make any sense. That clarifying. Monster. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, men, like yeah, going to that. see, yeah, like a, a magic show with mentalism or even a full on mentalist and stuff. That's, I recommend it for everyone. I love that shit. It blows my mind because it's it, so cool. To be visually and mentally tricked like that, mm. it uh, really humbles you and, I don't know, makes everything in a really cheesy way seem possible because you're like, well, I don't know. I can't explain how that happened. So, so, so I was, yeah. the same thing. I was watching, I was um, like, Psych 101. I was watching this. They showed us this video, like, you know, how memory can be faulty and, like, how mentalism works. And one of the things was just, you walk into a room, this guy walks into a, a room of psychology students mm-hmm. and, like, does the card trick. And everyone picks the same, like, it's a, like, a, um, Ace of Diamonds or whatever. Then you mm-hmm. go back through the video and he points out all the times where he was, like, he would put his hands together in a diamond shape. Mm-hmm. When he was drawing something on the board, he would mark the, like, so he was putting all these like background like ideas into the the, the students heads mm-hmm. and they all picked ace of diamonds because he had been implanting these things with visual cues the entire, the entire time. time and so then he kind of pointed out yeah this is why you guys pick this mm-hmm. and it was just like kind of mind-blowing to me that even the information your brain is constantly your 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 eyes your your you know sense of smell whatever you're always picking up information whether or not you are conscious that information is getting to you it is mm-hmm. everything that you experience regardless of whether or not you are conscious of it is making a difference in the way that your brain thinks yeah and it's, and it changes every memory you've ever had because it influences it in some way exactly well for example I was um like once again I, was, hey, I watched a lot of psychology videos but I was actually watching this video where they were talking about this the the reason why things like social media can be so dangerous the reason why big data can be so dangerous is that when you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is pick up your phone it is training your brain to pick up your phone every day mm-hmm. so that's kind of like training you to give input then it feeds you back that input that trains you to give it more input So the whole idea that we're so attached to these devices and we're making a conscious choice to interact with them, are we really making a conscious choice? More than likely not. We're Mm -hmm. not making that conscious choice because the interaction is changing the way we But you remember making the conscious choice. Yeah, and that's the thing that kind of throws me off is like people are like, oh, you know, my my favorite color is this. It's like, well, why? Mm -hmm. Why is that your favorite color? I really like this kind of music. Well, why? Yeah. Did you just like wake up one day and decide or was it because you know you had a friend or a family member or you know it helped you through a rough time in your life Mm -hmm. like why do you really like this did you actually make a full-on conscious choice or was it the information that you had around you that kind of pushed you pushed you to this direction yeah Yeah, you can make the final choice but most of the time even as as kids we don't consciously think about why we're interested in the things we're interested in Mm -hmm. You know, as adults, I think we do that a little bit more. But by that point, our interests have already formed us into the person that we are. 
So we're so, already being funneled into this certain lobby of interest. Exactly. So. so, like, you look at someone who has never, um, you know, like, interacted with social media or interacted with, um, you know, uh, a computer in any sort of meaningful way. And they're, the way that the information, the way that the computer interacts with us, or we interact with the computer, rewires our brains quicker than almost anything that they've ever studied. Mm-hmm. So um, I need to actually find the, the, the uh, study that I, that I saw, but it's very interesting how just interacting with the internet for a short period of time mm-hmm. rewires us to think differently. So about memory, um, what strikes me there is even thinking back on my own life. So I now make a lot of art and I love it and I love drawing. Um, but there was a good period of my life where I didn't draw that much. I would doodle occasionally in class and stuff. Um, but even then, so now that I recognize that I love art and have, you know, for the last 10 years or so, like really recognize that about myself, it's a story I tell myself. Looking back, I remember wanting to doodle instead of take notes in class. I remember how much I loved staying at home and drawing monsters with my grandma and stuff. And I wonder, did I love that as much? Did I really, really love drawing monsters or was it just something to do because it was something to do? Did I really need to doodle in my class instead of take notes or was I just slacking off? And now I'm remembering that more fondly, you know, is like, that identity is um, helps create itself because it's retroactive. I look back and I can see anything I identify with now, I can see its creation and its like justification for it to exist now in the past. But well, it's like the uh, that I think that's kind of like the nostalgia theory is like, <clears throat> especially with our generation, like right now. We look back, it's like, oh, do you remember the 90s? The 90s were so great. So and great. it's like, the 90s were okay. <laughs> they were like, extreme. <laughs> they were, they extreme. were extreme. It's like, you know, we had Capri Sun and some pretty cool toys. But, like, another thing, too, is, like, I do. They're what I, I mean, the 90s weren't good years for me personally. My parents went through, like, hardcore divorce and, like, I was separated from my father for a long time. I was, and like my mom and my dad both had like their issues and everything like that. So like personally, it wasn't a really good time, but there was like good stuff on TV. So like- (laughs) That's equivalent. (laughs) Exactly. So like when people are like, man, the nineties were such a great time and they kind of were, but we weren't even, especially like as kids, yeah. We weren't even conscious enough to know that they were good, if they were good yeah. times or not. Yeah, we could so, just be told that they but were. It's, yeah, and it's, and that's kind of like what we're what we've been told is we've been told that the '90s were really effing great. And as much as I love Rugrats, it doesn't make up for the fact that like you know the '90s personally not a good time for me. <laughs> so, but like you know, I kind of I but I still play into it. <laughs> I found it UCLA professor. Um, uh, uh, professor of Psychiatry Gary Small did an experiment in 2007 um, that basically showed that the internet either both shatters our focus and rewires our brain really, really, really scary quickly. Rewires us into remembering things differently? Or? Um, no, well, the way that we learn. For example, okay. um, what 
a term that I think he was used was cur- it turns us into cursory learners. So, for example, if you're reading a book, mm-hmm. you basically are all focused in on the words and you're processing it and you're using your imagination, blah, 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 all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at something on the internet, you have all these other bits of information that are all around you and it's very hard to concentrate a lot of the times on like a full, like, you know, article. Mm-hmm. In most cases, a lot of the times, now you know you have the, the I don't know if it's a meme where it's like you know too long didn't read. Yeah, yeah. TLDR. And, and for for me, that's it's really hard for. I used to read a lot. I yeah. Used to read a lot, and I find it very hard now to sit and read more than a couple pages. Yeah. It's very very hard because like. I used to I consider myself of, an avid reader, yep. and I am not an avid. Like, I am I can't like halfway the through last eight time. books. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right Especially now. Especially when you have it like on like Kindle or something mm-hmm. digital, like you can't focus on it for too long, or maybe I don't like. I just don't finish a whole book ever. I don't think I've ever finished a whole book on Kindle. And I feel like it's like it's the point where like the you are so used to just I just this is all the information I need to understand this concept moving on moving on moving on moving on mm-hmm. you know so and I never used to do that I used to like but I do remember I'm like oh yeah I read that book like and I probably did I might have <laughs> finished it but I don't really remember finishing it so so I was wondering exactly where you're going with this and I still kind of am but it makes <laughs> me think of some stuff I do know about memory is that you, the more novel an experience, the longer lasting and the deeper that memory is, um, the more connections it, uh, you make with it. So that's why when you're young, a lot of things in your childhood really stick out to you and a lot of things in like middle school and high school not full details but like events really stick out to you and as you get older things start blurring together um, is because they're less novel um, but I could kind of see that tying in with becoming more cursory learners things not being experienced to a deeper level, like you're not really delving into something and it's not, I would assume, not as novel to the brain yeah. um, as, learn, you know, like um, actually learning elect- electrical work um, at the age of 30 versus reading a quick uh, how-to, yeah. you know, on it and seeing how that would look a couple Going years to, like, later. Going to YouTube University or something. Right, right. <laughs> like, so... I could see how that would actually affect memory quite a bit, especially later on when you, like, what's it going to look like when we've spent 20, 30 years as internet primary information source, cursory learnery, learning taking full effect, how will we be able to remember these times? Like, what will that look like? Well, I think that... If, I, I really don't know. I think that a lot of it comes down to... When, like, 30 years ago, if you wanted to really master, and this is just my theory, if you wanted to really master something, if you wanted to really learn something, you had to, like, go through all the information until you find what you needed. You had to go through a book on carpentry. You had to go through a whole course or whatever. You had to get everything in order to get what you wanted. Now... You had to pop out those encyclopedias yeah, ex- and, and start just, flipping through, and now we can just find exactly, exactly the information. Exactly what you need. How, like, for example, I'm, I'm my, my younger brother... Um, needs a radiate, radiator replaced mm-hmm. and all I did was I went to Google and I typed in 2003 Nissan Altima 
four right. cylinder. Um, and I didn't even have to finish that because and then just popped one it up, of yeah. one of the one of the the you know one of the the um, answers was like yeah um, what one of the suggestions was exactly um, what you needed r- radiator removal mm-hmm. or radiator replacement. And I was like nine minute video step by step how to remove the mm-hmm. radiator from his car and then put a new one in. And I was just like, how much work would it have taken for me to figure this out before? Yeah, like let's say I didn't have YouTube. You know, honestly, more than likely I'd just been like, hey, mechanic guy. Fix this, you know. I was what I was thinking of is like directions before we even had oh, the yeah. internet. Like people had to pull out big at you had to learn how to read a map. Yep. If you put a map in front of me right now, I wouldn't well, know how to read that. So one of the things that yeah studies have shown is that with maps and directions, once you start using GPS systems regularly, you forget. How to, uh, yeah. forget yeah the directions you already knew <laughs> um, and you're less this one really blew my mind was that when driving along using GPS versus um, a map or someone telling you the directions as you're driving with it like helping you out um, you're less likely to remember things on the side <clears throat> of the road like what restaurants you passed mm-hmm. if there were people walking all sorts of things because you just zoom in and that's really strange yeah because um, you're like I've already I know exactly where I'm going I'm, I don't need to focus on the world around don't me. need to remember and, and like I've I've actually started within the last because I just started driving a couple of years ago so I I started using GPS and then I noticed I'm like I don't need to use this anymore. I know where I'm going. It's a grid so I've system. Stopped. <laughs> it's a grid system. Yeah, exactly. But no, like even going other places. Like mm. I drive to my sister's, which is in Daytona. I drive to Orlando. I know exactly which. I don't exactly which stop, which exit Orlando is. For mm. some reason, out of habit, I used to just pull out my phone and type in the thing. I know where I'm going. It's a simple. It's very simple directions. So I just stopped. And like last night I was driving from Universal and I just didn't use directions because I'm like, I know where the F I'm going. What I found is <laughs> that's like tell me. When you use, like I try to use GPS for uh, time. Yeah, if I'm like, yeah, yeah. If I need to get somewhere and I plan a lot around this, I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay, so I need to do A, B, and C today. Mm-hmm. How long is it going to take me to get from here to here? Yeah. And I try not to use the GPS because, like, when I was younger, one of the things I think I really, like, appreciate my mom for is that, like, she was very, like, kind of adventurous. We'd, like, we'd get in the car on Sundays, you know, after church and everything, we'd just pick a direction, we'd just drive. And I found you know, out... The left-right game? All these, like, yeah, like, and, mm-hmm. and all these things were, like, you would find all these little things. And it's funny because my girlfriend's lived in St. Pete her entire life. Mm-hmm. Um... And uh, like my my roommate has lived in St. Pete her entire life, mm-hmm. and I know more about the layout of St. Pete. Not only and it's a couple things because my mom would just take us on adventures. We just like oh let's see what's down this road. Let's yeah. see what's over here. And then I would also I worked for the city for a long period of time, so I would have to go drop things off at different locations and pick stuff up at Rex. So I kind of mm-hmm. figured out different ways to get different places. And like I'm like oh do you know about this over here? Oh well. What's that? How you lived here your entire life? You know, know about like Roser Park and all these really neat little, mm. like, you know, Old Southeast, all these neat little places in St. Pete that people that have lived here their entire lives don't know about. Because they've just gone to the they same places. They just go to the places where they're used to going. They, yeah, exactly. And I, I think that 
it's making GPS makes that worse. Yeah. Because you don't like not only do you just not go get lost anymore mm-hmm. is that you end up just really hyper focused on you know where you're going so you don't even notice the extra side streets and the extra you know new buildings or you know things that are not there anymore or whatever so i think that that definitely is making a huge difference in i think technology in general has it does good things for memory and bad things for memory i think it makes it, it technology had, has made us too reliant on it to memories like you said as far as like 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 photos and stuff like that from when you were in high school um you don't know that person right but it's because and especially like for me i actually kind of did like a little bit of an experiment last night so i went i was driving from my sister's and i had stopped at universal because it's on the way and i was all by myself and I just walked around and people watched, but I also watched the castle show. And because I had already seen it, mm. but last night, instead of Snapchatting the entire thing and taking pictures of the entire thing and get it, getting like a solid, something solid from it, mm. I just stood back and watched. And there was like things that I didn't notice the first time because I was too involved in watching a tiny screen when it's right there in front of me. So the the thing about maps that I mentioned, they also showed that people who take photos in museums are less able to recall the (coughs) pictures that they saw. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it seems weird because you're engaged. It feels like you're engaging with it and you're like, oh yeah, not only am I having a memory, but I really, I selected this. Yeah. But you didn't. Your brain doesn't see fit to store it yeah because you already because your brain doesn't see fit to store it because you already have a physical copy of it right there yeah. do you think it really can well, make I think the that difference is how you engage them? it if you're just walking up and going oh, i'm gonna take a picture of this and then you don't plan on looking at those uh, pictures yeah. again that's mm-hmm. totally different or but you like, stare at it for 10 minutes and then you take a picture and you're like yeah. wow this is i gotta capture yeah. the beauty mm-hmm. and that's like because i always think it's weird to take and the thing is being a photographer i always think it's weird taking photos of certain things i don't know mm-hmm. why it's just a personal thing of me like i i would be it would be really strange to me to walk into like a museum with my dslr so i just yeah. wouldn't do that oh, I so it's the same it thing the it's mm-hmm. the same thing with my camera my phone to me is that if i wouldn't feel comfortable taking a photo with my cell phone or, or my with my 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 DSLR, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking it with my, my phone camera. Mm. So I just kind of like have this weird, like if I'm going to a museum, I'm going to look at stuff. I'm not taking photos of them. I'm going to look at them. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> but I mean, I just, I feel like it, is it just me or do you remember when you couldn't take pictures in museums? A lot of museums still won't let you. Yeah. Yeah. It, did, it, 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 it depends on the museum. Yeah. I mean, Disney for the longest time didn't want you to take pictures, and now they're just like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> and then they started, you know, letting you essentially bring your own VHS tapes and then just borrow cameras. I remember a guy in Key West, and I hope he's still there, but he used to charge people to take and this is totally off topic by the way we used to charge people to take pictures of like him and his iguanas and stuff like that but he would he would charge you 
He would charge like you if you took it with your own camera. Like he'd be like, "You owe me fifteen dollars." <laughs> it's like I just took it with my own camera. It's my own at the time. It was my own film. This is me though. This is my likeness. Privilege. I gave you all exactly. of this. I remember. I remember I mean, so many arguments walking by and like seeing that. It depends. Um, you, it was a public space. <laughs> no, he, if it's he, in a public space, mm-hmm. you're allowed to take photos. Generally, if someone says, if I'm shooting in a public space and someone, like usually I don't try to shoot that, like people, I don't try to photograph people mm-hmm. in a public space. Um, usually if I'm outside, I'm trying to shoot like or like buildings or like just architecture or stuff like that because I feel weird shooting people I, I would feel weird if they were you know taking photographs of me while I was hanging out mm-hmm. um, but if someone comes up and says hey can you please not do that it's generally polite to not but legally you can't yeah yeah I had someone take a photo of me in a target one time and it really creeped me out yeah and that's why I don't like doing <laughs> that because I feel like if, 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 if it would creep me out to do it to have someone do it to me I don't like doing it to other people generally when I'm taking photos I like catch like like after the fact because I'm usually not sh- specifically photographing people right I'll notice but I'm like oh that's a really interesting guy back there but usually I didn't remember I don't remember because I, yeah, I, I wasn't focusing on that person. right right there used to be this guy in downtown St. Pete that would walk around with a film camera without any film in it and just start taking like <laughs> It was like it, and you, it was really it was very interesting to sit down and just like listen to people like walk by and like every so often like some people would pose and like you could see how arrogant they were <laughs> and then there were like some people that just like walked by and just like I, I saw one like two or three people in the course of an hour do the same exact motion of like I guess they were walking to or from class and they just grabbed their notebooks and then just put it by their face like that's paparazzi. just weird so I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with the chemical MDMA, um, yeah. otherwise known as ecstasy or molly or whatever. Um, the pure version, they used to use it in um, psychotherapy and stuff, especially like marriage use, counseling. They used to use a lot of these drugs in psychotherapy. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, right now in Sarasota, Florida, at MAPS at New College, uh, they do a lot of studies with MDMA. New and College I, drugs? Never. I probably should have read the study I'm studies I'm thinking of but anyways one of the things they're known for and I can attest from personal use is memory recollection um Hmm. the drug seems to stimulate the ability to recall memories that you had completely forgotten about extremely vividly and I wonder if like I'm not sure if the studies have actually been done or if there's any way to verify Mm -hmm. how reliable those memories are yeah um because after, after the fact, they just seem to be there, or you know, I mean, of course, they can be lost again. But I mean, constructed construct, memories are definitely a thing. Oh, of course, of course. Like, but I'm just wondering, since that's such a common effect of the uh, of the chemical, I wonder if there's been effects on memories and MDMA and stuff. But. I also feel like that's like taking something and pulling out the memory. Like it's almost like forcibly bringing it to the fr- forefront of your That's brain. what it feels so like. So if and it, even if it's just like something that they didn't put in there or it could I think it could be a little bit more accurate because it's like opening up, you know, just there there's a lot more chemicals, a lot more firing that's happening in there while you're under the influence of MDMA. So I think it right. could it might even 
make it even more accurate. I completely yeah, because it's connecting things that um, maybe haven't been connected in a long time yeah. or have never been connected and mm. sparking what a memory is because a memory is just a well, I mean, collection yeah. Yeah. of connected neurons. But you'd have to have some kind of control to prove that it's something that actually happened. <clears throat> And it's yeah. hard to have that control. Like it's hard True. to like. And le- the thing is, unless we Those can go back, studies take like years <laughs> and years and years. No, I know, but like, that's but that's the point. Is like, even though it might feel as though you're remembering this thing that you totally forgot about, even if you ask somebody that you remember seeing, uh-huh. did this happen? Them saying yes doesn't mean that it happened. It means that their faulty memory also kind they, yeah, of remembers it. Yeah, you asking and, them could have influenced yeah. their whole, like, it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, for instance, there was a weird thing where my Aunt Kathy, when she was, like, four years old, was almost kidnapped and was, like, almost pulled into a van, and if it wasn't for her sister, she probably would have gotten pulled into that van. And then 30 years later... It was mentioned, like, sometime, I guess there was, like, on TV or something, there was, like, some case of, like, someone who almost got kidnapped, and then everyone was like, oh, wow, wow, wow. Like, oh, oh, I can't believe that happened. Like, that almost happened to you, Kathy. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, she didn't, like, she was at the age where you would be remembering something, especially something that'd be traumatic, and it took, like, 30 minutes from what everybody says. Like, it it was a long time until she was, like... I, I kind of remember that as like a like a distant dream that she had. She didn't remember it as an active memory, mm-hmm. but it's totally a thing that it's happened. All crazy. It, so, like crazy. that's the same thing with me. Like my mom, she, my mom, and my dad, lost me in Disney World in Christmas time when I was five years old, and I don't remember this, but my parents remember it because it was super epic traumatic for them because <laughs> they thought like. Oh my gosh, my youngest child is somewhere something like they she was devastated. But um <clears throat> she found me from my Barbie shoes. And so when she tells me that story, I don't remember being scared. And the reason I don't remember being scared is because I remember looking up at fireworks. Because you, oh, wow. you weren't yeah, lost. Yeah, I you. wasn't lost to me. But <laughs> yeah. that's and that goes back to the perception thing. She lost me. I wasn't lost. I was just looking up at fireworks. <laughs> My parents could have been right behind me. <laughs> and oh, I know. didn't understand. But like another thing too is I do remember like looking around a bit, like talking more about it, because I actually did just remember this yesterday because it was really crowded <clears throat> at Universal and I was like oh yeah I remember I got it's lost that code word thing. whole sensation that's yeah exactly the whole, yeah. that's that code word telling you about <laughs> exactly. it exactly it's so, not a memory it's not a file system that shit just happens right? <laughs> <laughs> but they found like she found me by my Barbie shoes because I had shoes that lit up nice, and nice. so now whenever I see light up shoes I remember that yeah. That's like that the the association thing. They're damn code words. They're yeah, that like <laughs> big crowds and light up shoes bring back that specific memory. But I don't remember being scared in that, and my mom remembers being terrified. So yeah. that goes back to your perception thing. Your perception's your reality. Yeah. I, I think this very interesting. Um, like you're talking about the MDMA and like because I I don't really know how what's the storage capacity of human brain like there's so much variation like there is anywhere from like one terabyte to 2.5 petabytes like that's 2.5 petabytes that's the 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 range of the guesses 300 years worth of uh streaming video (laughs) so how like for example but like you think about it from this standpoint how much of that information is like 
audio? How much of that information is visual? Like, uh, that's know, like, the thing. Not, how much of that information actually, is actual, like, yeah. imagery information or, like, a full-on memory? Because it's a lot of information. It's not. That's the thing is, yeah, it's not stored like that. Like, the same... The same memory supposedly is stored in multiple parts of the brain. So it happens. Um, it's like a. It's like a un, un. Um, not formatted. It's like a. What does happen when you uh, when you take a hard drive and then re reconfigure? No. Are you talking about a raw drive? Because raw no. drives are just don't work. <laughs> no, I was talking like basically what you had to like um take a hard drive and reorganize the information so it was faster. Oh, partition. No. Anyways, but it's basically like how like a hard defrag. drive. Defrag. There it is. Defragmentation. It's basically like a, a, a fragmented hard drive. All this information is all over the place in different parts of the hard drive. And for you to better access it, you'd have to... How do you defragment a human brain? How you, do you take it and order the information I would in a way say that you give them psilocybin or MDMA. <laughs> there you go. I mean, hey, I mean or maybe, maybe ayahuasca. Somebody that's goes the popular thing Maybe now. that's yeah. what it is. I don't know. But, like, there's so much information in your brain on a regular basis, and the things that you use, you know, are more relevant to you. There's things that I I try to do regularly. You know, I try to get get behind my camera every once in a while, because I feel like if I don't do, if I don't use it, I'll lose it. If I don't get mm-hmm. behind the camera, take some photos, even if it's just something silly, then I'm going to slowly start use, losing the ability to see good photos in everyday, everyday objects. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. If I don't draw regularly which I haven't been I'm gonna start just getting bad and I'm pretty bad right now so I think that working memory is really important the things that you kind of keep in the forefront of your mind the things you kind of like you know keep reading keep listening to music keep drawing keep doing the things that you know you like to do because that will keep them in the forefront of your mind and they've shown also that, like, um, even other things, like, people have a better memory after, if they, like, if they study and then they go for a jog, their memory is better than if they study and just sit on the couch yeah. for 30 minutes. Hmm. Um, I wonder where that is. And also, that's uh, another thing, too, is my, my sick professor taught me this, is he said, wait, especially when you're getting a lecture and everything like that, when you're actually actively learning something, you're only actively learning something and storing it for 40 minutes. So you can you can have 40 minutes of a, you can have an hour and a half of a lecture, the first 40 minutes are the only ones that you're going to actively remember, and that are going to be stored. So he used to have us take a break every 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Did, I mean, did you do better in that class? I did do better in that class. That's awesome. It was a psych class, though, so yeah. obviously, like, everybody does good in psych in college. Cause yeah. <laughs> I just think, like, I, especially with psych, every, I, I associate psych in college with, like, that's the course you're going to do good in. Because everybody wants, everybody at that age is trying to figure it out. And you're like, okay, this course has, like, some answers on maybe figuring <laughs> it out. One of the things that... Hmm. Um, that he talked about. He talked about sex and drugs. <laughs> <a lot. laughs> One of the cool things I think was, um, you know, when I was in school, is that this idea that one of the reasons why it's so hard to get people to like actually fully like study mm-hmm. psychology is that everyone has a brain, so they all think and know they know how it works. Yeah, we all think we know how our minds work, and then like when you're getting information, like oh wait, this is not how you really process information. It's like, 
bullshit, I have a brain and I know how it processes information. Yeah. So it's very hard for us to introspectively look and see like, hey, the way that we're putting this together might be faulty. The way that we're remembering things might not be accurate. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to trick you, to trick the human brain. Like it's very easy to trick. Your eyes are very easy to trick. Your hearing is very easy to trick. Mm-hmm. But people generally have this confidence about their ability to use their brain. And it's just easy, like optical illusions and all this stuff, like, you know, like mentalism. Your brain's super easy to trick. So you kind of be constantly checking yourself, but no one actually ever goes beyond that. Be like, I know what I know. Or do you? Or do you guys know about the case of Frankie Muniz? You know oh, Frankie no, Muniz? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what's happening yeah. with him? <laughs> what? Frankie Muniz is an actor. Um, he was famously in, in Malcolm in the Middle. When I was young, I loved that show. He doesn't remember being a Malcolm in the Middle. He dove. Shut the fuck up. No. What? Because after Malcolm in he's the Middle. He's a race car driver. Yeah, he spent a lot of time being a race car driver and a motocross. And he did all these like extreme sports and stuff. Uh-huh. He like did all this crazy stuff because he was a rich young Kid, person yeah, yeah. And he was like i'm gonna do whatever i want he got so many brain injuries and like traveled and did so much stuff he claims and like you know his wife or whatever says yeah i have to like help him remember stuff all the time he has almost no memory um of the first like 15 16 years of his life including malcolm in the middle like he just he he watches it and he's like i don't remember recording this yeah i, I thought that, that pretty, has to be strange too yeah that but that's like that's with head injuries though. right like that uh, that's crazy like that was uh i hate to admit this but i was watching an episode of hoarders <laughs> <laughs> and this one guy he got um in an atv accident mm-hmm. and he ended up they ended up having to like cut out a large portion of his brain because he was Yeah, because it was swelling and bleeding and all that stuff like that. Anyways, he ended up losing every single memory up until the ATV accident. So he doesn't remember his family. He doesn't remember his, like, anything that happened. He had, like, a whole, he had a a wife and everything like that that they had divorced. So he doesn't remember her. Wow. Yeah, it was insane. So what he did was he used hoarding to start remembering things. So he would, like, hoard, like, lottery tickets and shit like that. Yeah. I mean, it was bad. It was really, really mm-hmm. bad. But, like, they... He, he just, like, totally fell apart. But I couldn't even imagine just... And then... Get, like, leaving here today, getting into some <coughs> horrific accident, and not even remembering my well, life up until then. I mean, there is a great theory about why OJ did what OJ did. <coughs> and it was because of the head injuries. But did he do it? <laughs> really? Get the fuck out of here, though. <laughs> Glove did not fit. You must have quit. (laughs) And there's also flexed his fingers. (laughs) There's the strange cases, and they're more rare than people losing memory and stuff Mm. like that. But of people with head injuries and waking up and knowing a language that they never studied. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, that's actually. I mean, it's a lot rare, more rare, but it's definitely documented cases or like. People waking up and being, and this makes a little bit more sense to me, but, or being like piano savants, like never yeah. played a musical instrument, wake up and they can play like symphonies and like really complicated stuff. I, I've actually had arguments with people about this, about like the whole like idea of a savant. I feel like it's a lot more rare than people think it is. Oh, it's extremely and I, rare. And I feel like you have like all these people there. Oh, it's just, no, no. This person has been playing piano since he was two. 
Yeah. He's not a savant. He's just very, very good. Savant (laughs) is... I probably misused it as well, but it's it's a very misused word yeah. uh, from its like medical definition to the common way we say it. Yeah, yeah, we kind of be like, if anyone's good at something, they're a savant. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's really rare. <laughs> but so, all right, so I have a, a a last question, or maybe not the last, but it seems making sure or understanding that there's an outside reality and that my mem your memory is not going to be the best thing that it's not real can be helpful such as finding stuff Mm -hmm. but if i took mdma and had an emotional breakthrough about a memory i made up in my head but i now feel clear and you know and all that kind of stuff, and I feel like I'm a better person or whatever, um, and make positive life changes from that, it doesn't seem as to matter as much as if that memory's real. Um, well, no, because your memory is bullshit. <clears throat> all, I mean, of all of your memory? All of it? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Like, the emotional attachment you have to most of your memories is just bullshit. Like, I have... But in some cases, it seems to really be helpful to <laughs> say... No, the memory doesn't isn't real. Don't pay attention to it. In no, some I, cases, it seems to really make sense to be like. I, I get that point, but there's also believe it. Let it. There was happen. also a time when I was five years old, and my brother convinced me that there was a monster inside of the the dryer and locked me in the basement. And six year old me remembered that as a very traumatic experience. And then 12-year-old me remembering that for the first time, remember that as being a very funny experience, <coughs> when in reality, I know, consciously, I was terrified because there was a fucking monster in the <laughs> goddamn dryer. But also having the knowledge now that monsters and dryers aren't real, they're obviously in the washing machine, that... <laughs> <laughs> that <Fucking> idiots. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a very funny memory to me because I was a stupid kid that thought that there was a monster in the goddamn basement. Yeah. It just it depends on what you do with it, I think. It I know that, but I didn't consciously I didn't consciously try to rewire my brain to make that <laughs> at once traumatic memory as funny. It just happened. That's a nostalgia factor though. Like that's what we were talking about earlier. Like I don't we, think it's I, we think of stuff fondly Oh, I don't think it's fondly. When we remember it, Trauma is not something your brain likes to keep. Yeah. Like, it doesn't like to be like, oh, this was scary as shit. Let's make it keep being scary as shit. Let's put all of this in a box and put this box in the attic and not (laughs) No, I get that. But that's... (laughs) It's not the kind of trauma that people try to forget about. Like... Mm. It, it's a very light trauma. It's a it's a watching a scary it's, it's movie. It's trauma light. Yeah, yeah. it's watching it's watching it's a, a scary movie trauma. when you're a little bit too young it for it. Exactly. Trauma like it, it it to me is just like most of your memory is bullshit, and any emotional attachment you have to that memory is subject to change just based on how memory works. Yeah. Like you will remember things in a fond way <clears throat> because you want to and then there is other times where you remember some time that you were very very happy but there's a person who died and now it's sad like the the emotional attachment to memory is bullshit and will change a a single memory can change so many times that it's emotional value becomes zero okay okay the emotional changes but the memory doesn't I mean, you can recall things differently, and that's just like every time you recall something, it will be slightly different. So I have a new last question. Then I, 
obviously had to contradict myself immediately. <laughs> this is the new last question, and I don't think I can answer it. Um, I'm going to go lean towards no, though. Um, if you could have perfect memory, whether that be through natural just happens yeah, or like a, a, genetic a, a, engineering a, a, or some that, kind of digital recorder like mm-hmm. i mean there's some rice. people that have like you know like um uh what's it um photographic, photographic memory, memory. Yeah. yeah i'm not sure how that works if they actually I feel like have those people perfect are generally memory highly though. intelligent and they're yeah. able to recall it's, information it's a rope memory yeah. thing their yeah. their brain just automatically associates stuff yeah, they, 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 they just don't know what the association mm-hmm. is yeah so would would you if you could remember every single event in your life exactly how it happened as if you were watching a dvd would you do that fuck no no no, I wouldn't. No. So we don't, feel like we don't even want to remember. I feel, like I, that'd be terrible. <laughs> I feel like that'd be terrible because all these like little things that I attach happy memories to and they could have just been complete garbage. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just make them be happy memories. I'd rather just be like, see, yeah, these, this see these, memories, these are happy memories. So, <laughs> so we do live in the present then, all of us. Yeah. We don't want the tyranny of the past. No, I'd kill myself. Past <laughs> is a grotesque like, animal. If I remember everything that ever happened from now on, not even just shit from the past that I know like I fucked up, I would shoot myself. Like, there's no way that I could deal with every single mistake that I've ever made because I forget about most of them. Well, just imagine like... You but know, like, no one else you, should feel like Have that. you ever I mean, been in a situation where like you just can't sleep or you're stressed out whatever? Just like, let's recall that time you were an idiot in middle school and said something dumb. Yeah. I've had that. Let's just, watch like, it. Like, I'm, it just plays back in your head. I'm like, why did I say that? And I'm like, it was middle school. Why do you care? And yeah. You're playing back in your... I would not like to actually recall all that shit. Well, that's because why I, feel I was like, I've remembered stuff. I've remembered stuff from like middle school that like when people, because I was bullied really oh, yeah. terribly yeah, in middle too. school, Same, and yeah. like I remember, and I'm shouting him out, Nick Spagnoletti fucking broke my pencil case one week, and the next week he ripped out my anti-smoking poster. Sorry, that's not she smoked. Now I exactly, exactly. She smokes lights. They're way better. <laughs> But no, it's just like, I mean, Trauma like, lights. those stupid things, and I would, I, there, legitimately, I'll sit there, and I'll just get angrier angry. and angrier about it, and there's no reason why I should be angry at this guy when I, we were in sixth grade, I don't have any actual anger And remembering him. it, you're making it probably even worse, because exactly. you're encoding that anger exactly. into the memory. It, so I wouldn't is, want to remember everything. And, and give it five years, I will probably remember. look back and be like, oh, that was funny. <laughs> give it five years. We'll ask like, you in five years. I'll look back on this, and in five years from today, December twenty like, sixth or t- December twenty seventh, in what two thousand twenty two? Twenty twenty two. Oh my gosh, gross! <laughs> I'm gonna ask you if you're still angry about it. You'll probably find it funny. I'll probably find it funny, but I'll be like, fuck yeah, fuck that kid. <laughs> he can go fuck himself. I have a really nice pencil case. I don't think you're understanding the volume of this. <laughs> I believe it. Well, what do you guys remember from your childhood? Ask uh, some of your favorite memories. Start asking your parents and your siblings and see if they remember it differently, and then you can question your whole life. <laughs> this is Across the Aisle. I'm Adam. I'm Zach. And I'm Casey. And I'm Rachel. Thank <laughs> you.